Hey, uh, uh, Mr. Osborne, come on in. Come on in. Oh, th- uh, yeah. Thanks. Uh, can I can I sit, sit yeah, right so, here? Yeah. Uh, so we went over your we went over your mortgage application. Okay. Um, you know everything. I'm I, I can't actually say that it, it didn't look normal. Can you exactly explain what you do for a living? Because we maybe you maybe you can take. We didn't really fully understand how this is a recurring revenue thing. Um, certainly, yeah, um, certainly, uh, I, I do, of course, as you can see, the numbers in my bank account show that I can afford this home, uh, without a question, um, as you can see, um, so what, what I do professionally is, uh, stand in places that could be at times dangerous, and then work my way to to benefit off of those circumstances. See, we can't mm. we can't really ensure that we understand you've got a lot of payouts recently from things falling. Yeah. We're going to have to deny your claim. Um well I I was really worried you were going to say that. I do have this uh I do have this letter though um that I think will kind of clear things up. This is an official letter from Guinness because I was recently awarded uh the most fallen upon um person of all time. Uh I've had I've had over 4500 things fall onto me. And, uh, and and Guinness acknowledges that I am just an unlucky person. Did did you loosen that that chandelier above you? Uh, what, some could call it unloosening. Some could call it bad luck. Uh, Guinness seems to believe I'm just I'm just not lucky. Continuing tonight on two season of pod. 96.7 on your Two season a pod, 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 at gmail.com. It sounds like you have a race car behind you. There's a race, there's a, the, 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 uh, Canada Indy. What's that one called? That's the uh, Formula One is the Montreal Grand Prix. Right. The Canadian Grand Prix here in town driving down Bathurst, which can only mean one thing. And it means that we're back with another episode of the Two C's in a Pod podcast. Of course, this is a podcast hosted by myself, Cameron Osborne, my co-host, Cam LeClaire. And Mm. um, we're just two. We're uh, we're just two guys having a good time. We do our best. It's uh, it's your radio show. That's not mm-hmm. a real radio show, but covers well. all the news of traffic, radio, uh, weather, and fake news. Sometimes real news. Sometimes fake weather. Sometimes real weather. Are you gonna get traffic updates up to the date every time, every fifteen minutes, or every time you listen to the show? Of course, and um, you, you never know when a a raunchy guest is going to stop by. Of course, someone sexy. The show has an open door, uh, open couch policy, as it were. There's a couch just sort of sitting in the corner of the uh, of the two C's in a pod bro- uh, broadcast room uh, with a microphone ready to go. Yeah, and we say, you know, it takes quite a bit to be a model with this firm, and uh, 
we're you're gonna require some specific things from you. And then it gets very bad very quickly, um, and that's how things come on two season pod here. You know, I mean, we have had uh, we did have Felicia Tatoti previously on the show. Uh, calling in actually from from prison. Of course, we can all remember Felicia Tadotti. They no- donated a fair amount of money to the podcast. Yeah, sums and sums of money, which we have uh, we have gambled away. It's all gone. Of course, as you know, you really got to get that under control, Cam. <laughs> as you know, uh, the show has been given approximately thirty-seven and a half. Hmm? Oh, sorry, fifty-six million dollars over the course of. Uh, over the course of these 27 some odd weeks and we have used that money to do some really good things. You know, we we're employing about 106 people. Uh, Guinness yes. has really taken it's a fascination been, uh, with this, uh, with this show. Not a great time in our lives. I can say that much. It's, uh, oh, Cam, I was going to say, I was going to say quite the contrary. We, uh, we are in a, in a business we just we just moved offices of course as you know we built a new uh, we built a new building to truly support all of the work that goes into this show oh do you think the auditors are going to listen to this yeah no we're definitely we've definitely done all that it's been booming business uh, financials are tight clean but uh, i do think you should maybe stop watching Korean baseball and gambling on that. Not that you were at any point. Mm, yes, when it comes to sports I like to watch, I definitely think that North Korean baseball is wild. Do think we got going um, on? Now, you're talking about North Korean baseball, right? Not the uh, popularized South Korean baseball that has little stuffed animals and stuff in the background? Uh, not stuffed animals, uh, sex dolls. Uh, sex dolls, right, right, for. right. That was uh, that was a headline recently. Of course, uh, you gotta guys gotta check out the photos. I did see somebody somewhere had replaced the sex dolls with uh, stuffed animals, SpongeBob's, and little you know unicorns and things like that. And it's horrifying. It's I don't yeah. know which is more. I wouldn't like. I don't know which is worse. I really don't know which is uh, worse. Yeah, I would say the stuffed animals. It'd be so creepy playing in a full stadium of stuffed animals. And also, yeah, I haven't been around a stuffed animal in a long time. I think just, you know, uh, maybe it would unsettle me at first. Just, I mean, I, I haven't been around one. Yeah, I mean, there's, uh, we always babysit dogs, so we have stuffed animals here that the dogs rip in and play with. Of so course. I'm somewhat accustomed to them, but having hundreds of them staring at me while I'm trying to do my job would be terrifying. Especially while you're on the mound. Like, if you're a catcher... These doll, these sex sex dolls or uh, plush animals would be nowhere near your field of vision. It would be just fine if you're batting. You could probably get away with it. You're not going to see a SpongeBob. Yeah, but out I mean, in center field. But the thing is, if you're right field and there's there hasn't been a ball come to you all day, you might just start looking around and yeah. your mind start might it might start tricking you a little bit. You might start seeing some things move and. You're not going to play as well as you thought you would. Of course, by habit, you know, you catch a pop fly, you toss it you toss it to some kid in the crowd, but it's actually just a little stuffed animal, and then people have to come and put the stuffed animal back up. Um, because that's the only way to say that sports are back. Sports are back. Sports are back. You have, UFC's back as hell. Did you watch the fights last weekend? Uh, no, because they did not take place on Fight Island. Oh, you only watch. I ex- you hear where Fight Island is, though? Yeah, it's uh, Abu Dhabi. Like it's yeah, a man- but it's, it's on. The, it's in the si- It's a man-made island that they've already done two shows on. Oh, it's not a real. Yeah, I know. Oh, okay. Real disappointing. I pictured, I pictured like a Survivor esque 
type of thing with a lot of those like tiki torches burning, the masks. Uh, that same guy's hosting it. I was hoping so, but they yeah. really disappointed they me. They really, if, if it's actually just something they've been before, I mean, uh, I already knew it was a man-made island, you know, that perfectly nice sand. Well, you remember, you you actually were up the time that we watched Khabib versus Dustin Poirier fight, That's and it correct. was like at 4 o'clock, right? Oh, it was that, at a very weird time. That was, that was, that was one of like the, well, it was such a great weekend that I had, Cam, uh, not only getting to see you and all my other friends, but there there's something about watching a main event fight at 4 p.m. that just gets you excited for the evening to come so i wish i could say it's going to happen again but now what they're doing because they need pay-per-view buys not buyers in the seats is they're shifting the time not to local time but to local u.s time Mm -hmm. so the main event in their local time is going to start i believe at 6 a.m that's sick. <laughs> Think of, That's so funny. That is ridiculous. That means undercard people are going to be starting at 2 a.m., 3 a.m. in the well, morning. Well, yeah, you, you'd have arrive early, adjust your sleep schedule, then you go for it. You know, they're doing a... You don't adjust your sleep schedule. That's the thing. You do not. You, you do come not. from the U.S., and you just, like, you pretend that you're still living on U.S. time. Or what you could do is, like, I'm sure, and again, not a UFC trainer. I have no UFC training experience, nor do I probably want to be a UFC trainer. Just seems like a lot of work at this point in my life, right? Uh, I'm going to say that they probably have a way around. They've they've thought about this. You know, No, you they haven't. We're the first on, people to think about get it. Get on Abu Dhabi time here in America. No, that's, no, Cam, that's not a good idea. Why not? Because then you're going to, what time are you going to go to sleep then? Well, the like you just like do it three days. I don't know how long does it take someone to adjust to a new time zone. You take like two days, four and days to go. Four days. I think it's like it, no. I think it's an hour for every hour, or sorry, a day for every hour. They you say. You know, it's been a good decade since do I. Do you think or, you'd be at your peak performance at three a.m.? No, that's why you adjust your body. I don't know. There's science. There has to be like people have thought about just you go to bed at a weird time for a day, wake up in Abu Dhabi, you'll probably be fine. All right, sure. It's going to be bizarre, though. <laughs> I don't Imagine, know why the, that's the, the aspect of Fight Island that is uh, is holding you back, is the time difference, not... Oh, because uh, it's going to be so... Think about the commentators and stuff. They're going to be like, this is bizarre. It's 110 degrees here. It is 3 a.m. in the morning. We're watching live fights. Like, for us, it's going to be like, great, 10 o'clock start time. Let's go. For them, it's going to be like, this is maybe the most bizarre thing I've ever seen in my life. I'm sure those are the reports that will come out, right? If anybody uh, blames a loss on being tired or somebody claims a victory on yeah. having a few days head start on. Uh, I mean, Cam, do you have any details about how long these fighters are allowed to stay before and after the fights? Presumably there is some kind of lodging for at least 24 hours. Is there a chance that a few of the fighters could arrive 72 hours in advance and really uh, and acclimatize themselves to this new schedule? I'm, they're going to have to spend a little bit of time there, but the thing is, once they're there, they have to stay there. And they can't bring any family. It's going to be just like their own little island where everyone gets tested all the time. Oh, that's fine. I haven't seen my family yeah. in five months. You don't see me complaining about it. I went and got a test. It was quite the exhilarating experience. Oh, nice. How'd that go? Sounds um, fun. So so I had a, a little bit of a throat tick, and I wanted to make sure that I wasn't affecting anybody in the house. So I called the clinic, and I'm like, hey, is there any appointments for the next few days? And they're like, do you have time at 9.30 today? I'm like, it, at that time it was 7 a.m. And I'm like, I can't, I have a meeting. And they're like, how about 10.10? So I guess like the next time slot. I'm like, sure. And like that, within three hours I was in there. Uh, I waited in line quickly. 
and there wasn't really a line. It was just like wait at the front of the line until the first per- the person who's getting the test comes out. They came out. I gave my health card to the person. They asked me a few questions. They asked where I worked, all this kind of stuff. Just basically contact tracing shit. And then, uh, yeah, then the doctor grabbed, or he pulled me in, not pulled me, but you get the point. <laughs> the doctor grabbed he, your wrist Yeah, he forcefully. grabbed me in and dragged me by the ankles. And yes, he said, get over was, here, you uh, little bitch. It was Fuck super, you. it was very emasculating. It was a very emasculating yeah. process, I heard. And they taped me to the chair and they said, they t- who they have you been with? Chair, who have you been with? Yeah, it's, um, and then you, that's when you realized. It was an interrogation. I thought it was a when, test. Yeah, that's when you realized you were actually at, like, the sexual health clinic. And uh, they were kind of doing some HIV AIDS tracing. Uh, you had to leave that doctor's office to do go to your actual appointment. Right. Yeah. Right. So a little bit of a mix up there. Yeah, it was a little bit of a mix um, up. It happens sometimes. So when I got to the real test, uh, I was quite nervous because I wasn't nervous expect. So I wasn't too chatty, but he was good at being a little chatty Kathy to me. Oh, how's your weather? Oh, where do you work? Oh, I know that place. Yada yada. Bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. Um, then he goes, okay, here's the fun part. And he pulled out a swab and he's like, have you ever smelt bleach before? And I answered yes, because that's what I do on weekends. He's like, you know what it burns? I'm like, yep. He's like, <laughs> oh, because yeah, Cam, you can handle uh, your sedatives. One little fun fact people might not know about you is that, you know, your chemicals, your bleaches, your isopropyls, uh, that's like a walk in the park. Yeah, for, no problem at all. No yeah, problem with nothing, any. Nothing left, nothing left in the nose. Yeah, um, that, they, they call you Cam Huffer LeClaire. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's a talent of mine. It's one of my, it's yeah. yeah. Anyway, so um, they he thing he tells me he's like it's gonna f- feel like bleach in your nose and it's gonna like hurt for a few seconds after like it'll be like ah oh, it's stinging like ugh gross like that kind of feeling and he's like that's gonna go away and you're gonna be fine and I'm like okay and that's exactly what it felt like he's like tilt your head up pull your mask down. And then I just did a swab, and then a little tear came from my eyes. Like, don't cry. And I'm like, I'm not crying. Like, I'm, I'm fucking tough. He's like, it's a natural reaction. You literally cannot not cry. And I'm like, I'm not crying, bro. You're crying, bro. Of course. And the, then uh, a single tear uh, kind of yeah. went down your cheek there. It was very, it was quite dramatic. Yeah. Um, and then I was out of there in 10 minutes. So, like, 10 minutes in, 10 minutes out. So, uh, absolutely fantastic experience. Um, if you're at all concerned, would recommend getting a test because they're a lot easier than I thought they would be. Of and, course they Oh, are. yeah. I, I turned out negative. Yeah. So, I'm good. And now, Cam, you get to add yourself to that number, that statistic, that number of people. You know, there are certain, uh, there are certain numbers, groups of people that you can be a part of, right? And now you can see that statistic and go, I'm, I'm one. Uh, I'll give you another number of statistics that I'm part of. I was checking my daily heart rate for the last (laughs) little bit to make sure that I was in a good health because I'm training hard. I'm not in the good status. Not in the excellent status. Athlete status. Athlete heart rate status. So so what is that? Yeah, baby. What is that? That's 52 beats per minute at resting heart rate. Okay, that's good. Now, you have do you have a do you have a smartwatch or something? 54. How are you tracking this information? Um, in the more uh, what I did in the morning, I just check it like first thing you wake up. I was using when I go on bike rides now. I have a heart rate monitor, mm-hmm. so uh, that kind of got me curious because I'm like, what you don't know, you can really train very easily in uh, your heart rate zones, so you can figure out okay if I'm at this rate, that means I'm burning at like a pretty high rate. From this rate, I'm not really working that hard. This one kind of medium, so you can train in that if you didn't have a long time to bike. You'd be like, I'm going to stick at two to three for 45 minutes. And that's the equivalent of going like 
two hours at like a regular pace. Of so course. that got me that got me curious. And then uh, what I did in the morning now, I just wake up and the first thing I do is I set a like timer on my phone for 15 or 30 seconds and then just count how many beats per minute I get and operate off that. I still need to do a few more to make sure I'm like it's normal. Uh, but yeah, I'm in the a- athlete status because I'm a fucking animal. <laughs> Athletic heart rate um, from years and years of uh, staying away from our sponsor, Next Blue. Are you looking for the perfect cigarette to bring up that heart rate? Come on, baby. We Do you want a resting heart rate of 82 beats per minute? You're Come always on, just baby, rolling. Come on, baby, fire. Next blue. Try to set the night on fire. What does that have to do with our sponsor, Next Blue? Because you light the cigarette on fire. Ah, that's a stretch. I'm pretty sure he's talking about like turning me on sexually. No, like, no, it's about turning, lighting a cigarette. Uh, yeah, yeah. Little known information. None, none of the songs that Jim Morrison and the Doors ever wrote were actually about anything uh, besides. Uh, yeah, they were up just a owned by a big. They were owned by Big Tobacco. Fun fact. Fun um, little fact there. Uh, a lot of people think that um, Jim Morrison, uh, you know, drowned in one of those like vomiting, uh, alcoholism-induced situations. It's not true. He actually smoked himself to death. Right. Uh, very rare that you can actually have so many cigarettes in a row that you just fall. You never know. You never know. Um, if you're looking for more fun facts, stay tuned to the end of the episode where I will be giving another fun fact as I've been doing for the last few weeks. Stay tuned for that. Stay. Hey, I got a game for you, bud. Perfect. What's happening? So I know that uh, with these times, we're all facing a little bit uh, of financial hardship. And uh, with financial hardship comes a little more boozing. So I got a bracket of the best budget beers in Ontario for you. Perfect, Cam. This sounds a lot of fun. You know me as a non-budget beer drinker. Uh, this is something that's right up my alley. Perfect. Yeah, Cam, you definitely are not one to uh, cheap out on beers, but I'm sure you've all you've had at least one of each, and you can tell me which one tastes like more piss. Now, I want you okay, to pick oh, wait, the best I'm, I'm, one here. <laughs> wait, no, oh, wait, no, I'm, I want you to pick the best tasting one here, but they're all not great. Okay, okay, so I'm not, yeah, I'm not finding yeah. the worst. Okay, great. Don't find the worst. I mean, what do you want to do? Would you rather do the worst or the best? Uh, no, I think you'd want the best of the shit. Okay, cool. Uh, all right, perfect. So, on the first bracket here the first matchup here is osp old style pilsner versus carling Ooh, fuck this one's tough because carling tastes bad warm or cold where at least pill where at least pilsner tastes good or de- uh, you can drink it cold i mean you can't definitely can't drink it warm uh i like the carling came in those 18 packs uh, and, uh, nah, we're going, we're going Pilsner, label's cooler. OSP, fantastic label from Saskatchewan. Right. Next up on our list is a hipster favorite, PBR versus the poor man's favorite, Old Mill. Ah, oh, geez, you know, oh, fuck, Old, I drank Old Mill first, you know, because it had the sexy late, it had the sexy lady on the bottle, so of course you were going to go for it. But Pabst, I think, just has that, uh, like, it brings people together. You know, you, you I, uh, friends have never had a round of good time surrounded by Old Milwaukee, but uh, Pabst Blue Ribbon um, transcends time and space, quite frankly. So Pabst uh, wins this matchup. 
Perhaps it is. Okay, we got a heavy matchup up here, and I think uh, I think you've been hitting all my targets as well. You're not uh, hitting any upsets so far. Next up, we're in the third chunk of the bracket, and this one is a highly debated uh, at 3 a.m. in many bars. Brava or Laker? Hmm. Oh, neither one of these mean too much for me. Uh... And uh, so I have to go based on radio jingle alone. So is it Brava, the beer of summer? Or oh, it's is the it, summertime. Or is it Maker, a Laker, it's a buck it's of a beer. It's a buck of beer. Both some of the best uh, radio jingles um, that you can think of. So I think I got to go Brava because it's a more, f- it's a, it's a, it's a more fun theme. It's the beer of summer. Yeah. Oh, it's the summertime. Yeah. Oh, it's the summertime. Um, I do really like Bravo with lime as well. If you're ever looking for something that's cheap, but also kind of tastes like Corona. It's Yeah, um, I was going to say, it's a Corona-type taste. Yeah, because Corona's not good on its own, but if you have it with um, with lime, it's great. And Perfect. It's, I feel it's very much similar to Bravo. Hmm. All right, next up on the list. Um, this one's relatively new on the list. It's a, it's a Some call it a rookie. PC Beer versus Labatt Blue. Ah, now I've never had PC beer. Um, I will forever associate people drinking President's Choice or No Name beer with just kind of scumbags in the first place. Uh, Labatt Blue has a history as pure as what it means to be Canadian. Labatt Blue. Basically, how do you think it's what it means to be Canadian? Uh, there's, aren't there like multiple, there's multiple arenas in small town, you know, or in cities in I guess they did have a lot of ads back in the day about like being Canadian and stuff. When you're driving down, uh, you know, certain stretches of highways, when you go past, you know, breweries or ex-breweries, remember that one Labatt Blue Brewery that was actually like the, the Canada's biggest grow op? Remember when that happened? I remember that, no. Yeah, it was, it was, oh my God, I, I would say we were probably like, 12 years old maybe 11 years old and it was this abandoned labat blue brewery and then somehow somebody gets a tip they walk in and the entire the entire brewery is a grow up that's wild yeah yeah it's pretty cool so they weren't making any beer they were (laughs) nope no no not making any beer just uh making pot we're gonna have to fact check that for next week of course um i want uh if i just want our producer bill just mark that uh that time stamp because we will need to correct that I can't imagine that call from corporate month over month. Be like, all right, we got your numbers in. You still haven't made any beer for the last six months. They're like, well, machines are down. Uh, we're no, bringing in the plumber was, next it week. It was shut down. Like they weren't. <laughs> like Labatt Blue didn't think that they were still making beer and were selling weed instead. <laughs> like the whole plant. It was like, oh, Labatt Blue. Like the whole, they still had like hundreds of employees. They're like, yeah, what are yeah. you guys doing down <laughs> there? Still paying we're gonna have a site visit insurance. soon. You're like. All right, everyone needs to pretend that we're making beer. They're coming in today. <laughs> Quick, everyone. I love yeah. one of those situations. Yeah, they need to. Like, uh, is it smelling here? It's like, that's the fresh smell of hops, sir. It's like, yes, it doesn't smell it, like hops. They just get to relive that situation of, uh, you know, like you had a party when your parents weren't home, and then your parents just get home right after you cleaned everything up. And then up. they all got to hide. Yeah, everyone's hiding behind drapes and things like that. Classic. Uh, what a classic movie trope. Is that what it's called? 
Uh, that is exactly what it's called, Cam. I'm so proud. Fuck, I've, I'm so good with words. My brain's firing at like way faster than my heart rate is. Now, now that now athlete. that we've now that we've watched three movies together and talked about them, uh, I might as well be able to submit my votes for Oscars. Pretty much uh, for four Oscars, Cam. Uh, we're on the second round of our March. <laughs> We're on the second round of our March Madness bracket. Uh, I would uh, love to hear what the results are. Okay, perfect. So next up on the hop, we have OSP, Old Style Pilsner, which I will say, every time I go into the beer store for Ask oh, for Old Style again. Pilsner, I say Pilsner, and they say Old Style. I say, you know it, sweetheart. And then I give a little kiss on the cheek. Versus so, uh, Pat's Blue okay. Ribbon. <laughs> okay, perfect. Um... Pilsner and Pabst. Pilsner and Pabst. Both are super cool. Um, but I'm worried that Pabst Blue Urban is going to walk away with this competition. Uh, they've meant so much to me in my in my uh, in my ch- in my hood. You know, in my childhood, through teenhood, through adulthood. We're gonna have to take uh, Pabst on this round. Okay. Awesome. Uh, Pabst Blue Ribbon PBR going to the finals here. Mm-hmm. So this is a uh, this I think I think they pretty much have it locked in here. But let's uh, go to that second round here, the uh, the struggling round of Brava versus Labatt Blue. Ah, I mean you know yeah, Labatt Blue. They had the grow up. They had the the what it means to be Canadian. But Brava still has that goddamn theme song, despite all, uh, despite all the competition. A later seed coming in hot, a Cinderella story, Brava, the beer of summer is going to the finals. The beer of summer. Oh, it's the summertime. And last up we have, this could be a runaway, Brava versus PBR, the favorite of hipsters and the favorite of people who don't want to buy Corona but want that lime taste. (laughs) Now this, now this is a really a battle of the two styles, right? We have the old school, uh, Paps Blue Ribbon with the fun new school. Let's just have a good time in the summer. Um, this, you know, Paps doesn't have that truly iconic theme song that Brava does, but Brava does not have the storied history and logo de- definition. Of the Paps Blue Ribbon. Um, this is a really hard, uh, this is a very hard competition, but just because it was on tap at Chainsaw, rest in peace, Paps Blue Ribbon. Bing, 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 bing. PBR is our grand finale winner as the best budget beer this for those times where you're pinching pennies, but you still need a drink. PBR, not the beer of summer, but number one in our hearts. Now, there was a very strong um, uh, playoff for that eighth seed. It came down to the final game, and Bush was in there. Bush just oh, couldn't fuck. quite come I did not come put Bush Light in there. End. I forgot about that. Uh, or now, just, just Bush. Normal Bush is fine. <laughs> no, Bush Light. <laughs> it's got to be Bush Light. It's going to be. Uh, it's going to taste like piss otherwise. It's going to taste like piss. Well, Cam, that was a lot of fun uh, because I'm sure everyone loves some discounted beer. And Cam, since we got one March Madness, I say we double it up with another March Madness coming straight to you. Uh, 
That's right. Uh, it's two season pod uh, radio show podcast. Famously using that DJ Khaled air horn <laughs> effect. Uh, of course, that's so. That's a sound effect we splice in later on in the show. Uh, <laughs> And I've been splicing it in so we've been splicing it in so much during this particular show just to truly emphasize what we're talking about here. Cam, um, you gave me some discount beer. Of course, in the past we've done we had a fast food uh, March Madness, which is a lot of fun. I think we had some of our favorite mascots. But Cameron, uh, what I have for you today is uh, some March Madness, the top sandwiches. Ooh. Okay, so I'm going to give you same thing. You're going to get eight sandwiches. I want you to picture them in your ideal fashion. Whether okay, the bread ahead. might, what, whatever mm-hmm. the bread is, if it's the version that mom made, crusts on, crusts off, whatever you feel like it is, you're going to get these matchups. Okay, I'm coming in with the first round a classic ham and Swiss and a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Ooh, okay. So my peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Uh, I'm not doing it healthy. I'm going to definitely go with that Wonder Bread. Uh, slap on a nice thick layer of peanut butter and even thicker layer of jam. You better cut the cor- not the corners off it, but cut it in a diagonal fashion or else Very I'm good. not touching that shit. Now, how do I want that ham and Swiss? Uh, never been a huge, huge fan of ham and Swiss. Um, so, but if I'm going to have to choose from it, I'd like it to be possibly on a uh, artesian bun uh, with at least a few different layers of ham on top of it, preferably black forest with some real holy Swiss cheese. But uh, we're going to have to go with the all-time classic peanut butter and jelly on the Wonder Bread. PB and J on Wonder Bread. I'm glad you made that uh, that distinction because that is very big. Cam, in our in our uh, continuing our first round matchups, we have a BLT. And a grilled cheese. Ooh. So the nice thing about a grilled cheese is you can do it up well. And the way I'm thinking immediately is you got to throw some bacon bits inside of there. Mm. Uh, you're not keeping it simple. You want to do at least a few different cheeses. You're not doing a simple slice of bullshit <laughs> out of the plastic cheese. Like, you're, you're doing it right. Now, on top of that, you're going to get that outside nice and crispy with that, oh, delicious butter that's just coating the outside of it to get that... <sighs> crunch in every bite i my mind is fully on that one what was the other sandwich again we have grilled cheese and blt blt oh another classic uh the first one i think of is like a tim hortons one that's just real tasty um maybe doesn't hit the same spot though as a homemade blt or a, a grilled cheese sandwich uh, but if we're looking at it, it's probably a nice loose leaf lettuce. It's going to mm-hmm. have that one thicker slice of tomato, not too, too much, and then a few strips of bacon. My problem with the BLT is often they double down on the bullshit vegetables, not enough on the bacon side of it. But I like their touch of mayo. Either mm-hmm. way, I'm sticking with the grilled cheese sandwich. The grilled cheese making its way through the second round, of course. Um, my, uh, my mom's got one of those grilled cheese you know, pressers. Oh, the panini press. It's the only way I can enjoy a grilled cheese, quite frankly, Cam. We're moving on with the first round. We have our third matchup. We have a pulled pork sandwich Ooh. and an ice cream sandwich. Oh, God. Yeah. Holy smokes. Yes. We, I was not expecting this. Coming out of nowhere, the team oh. from Iceland providing to them the cold uh, treat on a summer's afternoon, the pulled pork and the ice cream sandwich. Oh. 
You're killing me. You're Pam killing me. Pam is defeated here. Uh, I'm it's torn. Like you need to take, you're uh, you're oh. as torn as these athletes are. You need to take a quick time out. Um, you know, water break, consult with your coach, uh, because this <sighs> is a matchup for the ages. This is a matchup for the ages. Uh, off the top, I'm thinking uh, at uh, the last great pulled pork sandwich I had was up north in Halliburton when a neighbor of ours had been cooking uh, possibly smoking it for six to nine days. I, I it, it tasted like that at least. Absolutely incredible with the thick sauce on top of it. They didn't even let you have the. You pick the bun out of the bag. You cut the baguette yourself. It's one of those artesian buns again. You rip out any of that fluff bread and so you can get a little more pulled pork in there. So you make a concave a shape. Pocket like it's a little, little bread pocket. pocket. Yeah, yeah. And if you're not putting coleslaw in with it, then what the hell are you doing? Okay, mm-hmm. you slapped it in there, you slap a little bit of coleslaw, and oh my god, the summertime dream of a nice pulled pork sandwich. But, on the other hand, oh my god, did I have a delicious ice cream sandwich the other day. It is from a local place in Kitchener that does this type of thing. I'd sell, I think they're a bakery of some sort, they do cookies and shit. Shannon bought them, I don't know where they came from, but they are absolutely delicious. <laughs> now, I'm not talking, there's a few different options here. The first one we have is that brown, I don't even know what that brown stuff is. Of, um, of, of the ice cream sandwich, it's like the cookie nougat the nougat yeah whatever that is that's good and those often come in like boxes of like eight or something that you can get at Mm -hmm. the grocery store but what i prefer is just the cookie the big cookie on top big cookie on bottom with that puck of vanilla ice cream or whatever you want inside oreo ice cream what a little bit tough a little bit tougher to eat but i can't say no to it and that's gonna have to give my vote to the ice cream sandwich the ice cream sandwich making its way over the uh the pulled pork and coleslaw a uh, huge first round matchup came. We're finishing off the first round here. Uh, we have a tuna melt and a breakfast sandwich. Uh, oh, interesting. So I, the thing with the breakfast sandwich is you can do a lot of things with it. Now I'm going to tell you a quick story about a breakfast sandwich because I think everyone in their mind has a pretty good idea of what a breakfast sandwich is. We can is. all kind of picture yeah. uh, some people may be thinking a bagel. Some people might be thinking about an English muffin, an mm-hmm. egg, probably some bacon or sausage, cheese. Exactly, and those those all sound great. Now, the one time I was working in a corporate office, and I asked uh, someone that I was working with, "Hey, can you go down? You're going to get shit. Can you grab me a breakfast sandwich?" And she's like, "What do you want?" And I'm like, "Kind of use reason, right? Mm-hmm. Just throw on regular. I'm not picking." She comes back with a piece of toast, not like bagel or anything. Piece of toast and an egg on it. That's it. What the hell are you thinking? Like, th- and she was like, "It was seven. <laughs> it was seven dollars." I'm like, "This is not seven dollars." Like, did you eat everything else on it? Like, what the hell is this? I was pissed. In my perfect world, we're talking about a nice sesame seed bagel, that nice egg flipped over one time, bacon, lettuce, tomato, a little bit of mayonnaise, salt and pepper, <laughs> maybe a sausage. Fuck, throw it all on there. I don't care. Oh God, the taste. Oh, I love it. Especially when you're driving, you pick one of those babies up, you're just crunching down on it while you're Eating driving. Eating with you're one like, hand while driving with the other. Oh, fuck uh, yeah. I, I drive a stick car. I still do that shit. Yep. Sometimes <laughs> I have no hands on the wheel. <laughs> out of all the foods to eat while driving, run, 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 run. Uh, breakfast sandwiches Some, is right up there. Definitely up there. Uh, yeah. And my second option. What was the second option was again? the tuna melt. Yeah, see, my I this one's off the list already. Not the biggest fan of the tuna melt. Um, just not the biggest fan of fish sandwiches. I can I'll sometimes do a tuna sandwich 
when I need some protein and I'm done after I work out where I just get a can of tuna, put a little bit of this and that in it, chop up some onions, throw it in there, throw on a piece of toast, you get that good protein, a little bit of carbs, you're laughing. But fuck, that doesn't even compare to a good breakfast sandwich. Breakfast sandwich, take the win there. Breakfast sandwich, take the win. That completes all of our first round matchups. Second round is coming out hot here. Uh, to the very first sandwich you picked, the peanut butter and jelly uh, is taking on the grilled cheese. Ooh, tough matchup. Definitely some of the basics that we're looking at here, mm -hmm. but each have their own uh, each have their own strengths to them. Definitely two things that can be made by six year olds, but not perfected. It takes <laughs> years, years to get good at these type of things. That's uh, you, you know, these are some of the first sandwiches you are ever taught how to make, and probably the first three, four years of them sucks. Yeah. yeah. Now, my problem with the peanut butter and jelly is it's kind of hard to make it better, hmm. right? It, it's very good off the hop, and you can't really improve on it. You mm. can't make it gourmet. A grilled cheese, on the other hand, if you get that ripe bread and you get that rice crunch, 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 right on the outside of it, oh, with the four layers of cheese, mama mia, throw a little bacon on there and slap me and call me Sally. That's taking the win right there. Grilled cheese coming away with it. I remember the first time I added something inside of grilled cheese when I made a grilled cheese, and I like didn't know you could do that. Mm -hmm. uh, you ever had a tomato inside of it? Yeah, I think that's what I think it, that's what it was. It was a tomato with some, uh, and then I uh, some bacon that kind of ripped up oh, bacon yeah. and put in there. And I was like, oh shit, I didn't know that you could put stuff into a grilled cheese sandwich. My mind was blown. I was probably about seventeen. Cam, our next second round matchup, and remember. The winner that you choose in this round will be facing grilled cheese in the final. We have an ice cream sandwich and a breakfast sandwich. Oh, oh, damn. Absolutely two different points in my life when I wake up and before I go to bed. Uh, you know, which part do I value more? Is it after dessert treat where I'm just enjoying every single bite of that? Only nice to have in the summertime, not so much in the wintertime, a decadent treat. Or... Do I look for that classic staple? The one where you can make it home. The one where you can get it. The Starbucks ones, I'm not, I'm not even going to fuck with those at all. Those aren't very good. No. Um, but you can. I think you can make both of these. Actually, no. I'm not going to say you can make an ice cream sandwich that well. I think to get a really good ice cream sandwich, you have to buy it from somewhere who knows what they're, fuck they're doing. Because they have good cookies there. They're a good mm -hmm. bakery. They have good ice cream. And then the breakfast sandwich... I'd say Tim Hortons is a pretty good damn breakfast sandwich. I think McDonald's is a very good breakfast sandwich. But I'm going to have to go ahead and pick the ice cream sandwich just because of how much of a decadent treat it is, how much of a novelty it is, and, you know, how much it means to me as a person. Oh, so ice cream sandwich is the answer. Sorry, can you say that again? Sorry, cut out for a sec. Ice cream sandwich is the answer. Perfect. Uh, yeah, absolute fantastic sandwich. Wasn't, I, wasn't expecting it to be on there, but I, I, I like it. And that's where, uh, that's where a lot of these uh, teams come in, right? You never expect the, six, the, the, the 32nd seed to make their way all the way down to the Final Four, but sometimes they do, Cam. So what you have found yourself is a final of two um, of some of mankind's favorite treats on opposite end of the spectrum, Cam. On the one side, we have a grilled cheese sandwich, and on the other side, we have an ice cream sandwich. Oh, it's uh, it, it's I think this is what this is gonna come down to is preference right now because I think both of these are fantastic. <laughs> but if I had to pick and if I had someone come to my door right now and they said, "Hey, we got a delivery for you," 
you better have an ice cream sandwich. That's going to take the win. The frozen you, treat. The frozen delight of an ice cream sandwich walking away with the win cam. Listeners at home, we hope that you're sitting there and saying to yourself, fuck, I could really use an ice cream sandwich right now. We all could. We could all, whether we're taking it out of a packet, no frills, or we're getting one of those what nice Oreo a chunky ice cream sandwiches from the little pole freezer at the convenience store. We all want run right now. It's hot as balls. Ice cream sandwich. What, what was your number one seed on that one? Um, well, uh, in that whole uh, in the whole thing. Yeah. Uh, breakfast sandwich was my number one because uh, that that was my one eight matchup. What was your last one? Pardon? What was your what was your eight again? Then was it tuna uh, melt? Tuna melt was my eight. Yeah. Yeah, that one didn't face to stand a chance. Breakfast was my one. Then I had PB and J at two, ham and Swiss at seven, uh, pulled pork at three, ice cream ice cream at six. So you my my six seed made six. it all the way through for you. And then uh, grilled cheese at four, BLT at five. Okay, well, just so everyone knows, my list at home: OSP was number one on my list. Brava two, PBR three, PCB are four, Labatt Blue five, Old Mill six, Laker seven, Carling eight. So who did you? So did you, who did you have winning? Who won your? Who won your beer bracket? Uh, I didn't do the bracket, but my first round pick oh, was OSP. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Old okay. Pilsner. I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha. you. Yeah, on my side, breakfast sandwich made it all the way, uh, made it all the way to the end. And um, there you have it. Fun. That was such a fun game. That was such a great. That was. Uh, that was a great edition of March Madness, everyone's favorite show. Um, that will. That probably has a theme song. Does it? I don't know. I, I'm not. I, I haven't been writing the songs lately. Of course, as you probably know, we've had some new theme songs, some new games that we have been playing with songs. All that work has been exported out to our uh, audio and on and visual creativity department. Of course, the same department that's working on our weekly photos. I think um, if if I were to suggest a song for it, can it have at least a backdrop of like a noisy crowd and then like the three point buzzer going off or something like that? like. Balls in the air or something like that. I don't know. Just pitching ideas here. Well, and Cam, and as you know, you are, uh, you and myself are both a, uh, you know, tie equal ownership of the company. We split the company 50 50. Uh, mm-hmm. so, I mean, I guess technically what you say the people in the sound department have to do, you are their boss. Don't forget that. Yeah. Yeah, I. Uh, it, it's nice being king. Put it that way. It's nice being king. Um, it's good to be king. The, the, the other day I was wa- the other day I was walking past the, uh, you know, the little kitchenette that they have, and some of the employees were just kind of talking about pouring their coffee. Um, I just I, I just took I just took their cups of coffee and just drank it myself. It's my coffee. I'm in charge. That's right. Yeah, I think we should maybe consider closing the office down for a bit. But you know what? I don't I don't trust our employees at all. So no, I I'm don't. I'm just gonna say it here. I, I think do they're not. Useless. Of course, uh, none of our employees know any sort of alarm codes or anything like that. Uh, nobody's allowed to have any keys uh, or any like access keys. You have to pick them up and drop them off as you arrive and leave the offices because uh, so we have had a problem with somebody trying to unlock um, our bottomless piggy bank. It's a big problem. Big problem we've been having, eh, Cam? Yeah, I think our best idea—the best idea we've had for the office so far—is the uh, the snitching system, where you are rewarded yes. if you see your uh, colleague not doing work with um, a little bit of a pay bump. You get one dollar every time. You you get it's 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 called uh we call it buck a shucks. 
um, over here at the Two Season Pod <laughs> Building. Um, you get a buck every time you shuck on an on, on a on an employee. Of course, we've been contacting those at Webster's Dictionary, trying to include the word shuck. Uh, to be a synonym for the word uh, to uh, to rat out or to snitch. Um, they haven't gotten back to us, not as quickly as Guinness seems to be fixated on this program. Beautiful. Well, uh, we're we're wrapping up to the top of the hour here, and uh, I, I I already see the next DJ pounding on the door, looking at me. He's got his cans on, so it looks like it's we're going to wrap it's, this up. It's, it's Kim Mitchell uh, coming in for his uh, his four to seven um, drive home. Of course, when Kim Mitchell plays his own music, sometimes, which uh, I don't know if you can hear us outside the booth, but sometimes I know it's CanCon. I still think it's kind of weird when you play your own music. Can we're about to move on to our very final game however there is something i do need to bring up because corporate always uh corporate will return to us some of the uh missed information from last week's episode uh in the form of notes notes we got some notes we got some notes 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 we got some notes so cam i just gotta quickly go over some of the notes that we had yesterday cam you brought up errors uh, and omissions yeah of course they have been omitted or they have been errored um cam of course last week you brought up the rocky diet of course uh just sort of pounding eggs into a cup and eating them or drinking them rather um and of course the question was posed can you actually get salmonella from eating raw eggs um and the answer is you can but you probably won't, of course. The United States Department of Agriculture considers eating raw eggs safe as long as they are pasteurized. Okay? Um, if you do purchase unpasteurized... I, I almost like I was going to keep going, eh? If you do actually purchase okay. unpasteurized eggs, um, you can do it at home. You can pasteurize your eggs at home uh, just using your microwave. By heating the eggs up enough to kill the bacteria without cooking the eggs, you can make eggs bacteria-free. It's a process that happens in, in the plant before it comes to our grocery store. However, it does need to be marked on the box whether it is pasteurized or not. Um, there is, of course, always going to be risks in eating any kind of food. Anything can be on it. Uh, the USDA, USDA figures that if you're eating raw, uncooked, unpasteurized eggs, there's probably a 1 in 20,000% chance that you will ingest salmonella. Damn. Those are pretty so, good odds, so I'm, I probably pretty won't Pretty good odds that you're, <laughs> that you're probably going to take Cam, and then I think shortly after that, of course, we were wondering about eggs, the Rocky diet. The next question was posed, how much raw chicken do you think you could eat before actually getting salmonella? Um, it seems like you're kind of playing the odds game on that one, too. So in a 2008 report by the CDC and Consumer Reports found that 16% of store-bought uncooked chicken was contaminated with salmonella. Only 16%. Um, Didn't I say one in five last week? You did say one in five, coming up around 20, so goddamn, that's pretty damn close. However, it seems as though we should really be concerned with another common food poisoning bacteria known as Campylobacter. Labactor. Campy Labactor. Oh, yes. I may, I, uh, I we're, may be we're bringing our local scientists for this. Local, local scientists, si- tell us about <laughs> this. Um, okay, so uh, Campy Labactor um, 
uh, is uh, is is another bacteria that you can find, of course, that lives on uncooked chicken breasts. And we actually found mm, we yes, actually doctor. found um, uh, that sixty three percent of the same store bought chicken actually contained um, the bacteria, which we oh, very interesting, doctor. which we know as Campylobacter. Get out of here, nerd. No nerds on the show, by the way, Cam. We Kick should rocks, come nerd. out. All right, back on so, back on the show. We got Kim Mitchell sh- banging on the door. We, Kim, yeah, Mitchell's, we Kim Mitchell's that guy. banging on the door. He's just doing his rock and roll duty. And that's the amount of applause we need to hold Cam because out of all the chicken that this particular focus group sampled, um, only 8% of the chicken actually contained both forms of bacteria, the salmonella and the campybalacter. Um, and in the same sample size, 29% of chickens were actually found to be free of both. They, they sampled something like 3,500 different chicken samples from various markets across, you know, sort of everywhere. Uh, it's a fucking numbers game. I'm just gonna say cook your chicken i mean call i'm just that's gonna have to be my professional opinion lovely well thank you for that food and health scientist uh dr rosborn um not related um he is out of the building no relation uh coming up uh news traffic and weather uh news uh we'll we'll come up in a second but traffic not bad weather it's pretty fucking hot outside uh, yes, a high of 31, I think, today, Cam. Uh, as you can probably see, I'm uh, Lost, I'm yeah. getting a nice I'm getting a nice tan on right now. Of course, um, I'm looking, you know, we're outside a lot in the heat and the sun, and things are looking great over here in uh, in Toronto, Ontario. Uh, now we're back to you. Hmm. <laughs> Got to open these tabs. These tabs. Give it a second. Keep talking, eh? Uh, find when you're back. Yeah, we back and we back and we back. Go ahead. back. Yeah, I'm back. You're uh, you're not chopping around on me anymore. Uh, yeah. Now I'm back. Perfect. No, you're good now. Yeah. We know. Yeah, we... internet's too slow. No, I think. Uh, no, yeah. Whenever I well, yeah, because I had to restart the computer. Then whenever you open tabs, it just takes up bandwidth, right? Like it's. Uh, Right. It's the internet. Uh, Cam, we internet. it's about time we end the show because um, the weather and traffic isn't going anywhere, certainly not anywhere soon. So we need to get to our final segment because Kim Mitchell's banging on that door, as we all know. It is time to play Headline or Asinine. Hey, 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 Headline or asinine? Cam and I have three different headlines to give to each other. Some are real, some are not. And we just got to figure out what the heck's going on. All right. Cam, how about you you kick this week off? All right. Awesome. U.S. military could lose Space Force trademark to Netflix. Yeah. 
No, I was um I was fuck, I was reading inter- I was listening to an interview with Ben Schwartz where he was the timeline of those two particular things it was like the show happened and then the real life thing happened uh and a trademark's a trademark and space force space force is gonna get a second season so they're gonna need that um also can you do that though like it's a thing like can you call a show army can you call a show navy there has to be a movie called navy or something um, I don't know. I'm going to say those are like different trademark brackets. Does that exist? Uh, our law department is frantically sending me faxes right now with the correct information. Um, but I'm going to say that's asinine. Uh, and that is a headline and the, it says could lose it. So yeah. there's going to be, it's, uh, it's unprecedented. We don't really know what's going to happen because the space force isn't really a thing yet. It's just kind of been like, we're making the space force and, I mean, it's not really like it's been made or anything. It's basically an idea, right? Yeah. So with the army, it's established, right? But the Space Force isn't a real thing yet. So, yeah, they don't really know what's going to happen, but there is a potential where they're going to have to do a little wiggling around. But I feel like the U.S. government could easily just go like, yeah, we own that. You can use it, but say like Space Force, the show, the television show. Yeah, no, but I think, then why wouldn't you call it Space Force, the real Space Force, and not the show? I think that's the whole point, right, is that government's not supposed to be above the law, so if the law does, you know, if, like, if the law comes in... Non-political podcast, but I disagree. Yeah, we'll have we'll have to see, but it's certainly, like you said, um, uh, also, I mean, using precedent, right, because prior to the show CSI, um, the, uh, the crime scene investigators weren't even called crime scene investigators. They actually put CSI on their, like, on their bulletproof vests and all their windbreakers due to the popularity of the show. Very, very little known, very little known uh, fact right there, uh, which I just want to get people aware of. Cam, I have another headline for you. Are you ready here? Yep. Okay. Uh, Father uses his Camaro to pull out his eight-year-old's tooth. Oh, let me think how this could be done. So... I'm thinking ideal world. You don't really just attach it to this thing because you don't really pull it that way. You probably want to pull it down. So in a perfect world, I think what you want to do is somehow tie it to the tooth and then have a pulley system that hits the ground, then is attached to the bumper so it has a downwards force at the point instead of a forwards force. Now, do I think it's unrealistic? I don't think they did that. I think they probably just tied it to the tooth and went... Let's go bananas is just about it anyway, and let's make a dumb TikTok. So I'm going to say it's a headline. You know what, Cam? You're right. It just wasn't a TikTok. That is a headline. Um, you're right. I was saying the same thing. Have the kid lie on his back, and then you drive away. At least that would pull it down. But no, mm-hmm. they just uh, kind of tied him up with some fishing wire, or fishing line, sorry, and um, let him let the guy uh, just all hands on deck on your Camaro. I've never understood how, of course, you know, the cl- the uh, classic idea of, like, tying your tooth around a, around a doorknob, right, and then slamming the door. I don't, I mean, I understand what you're doing. I don't get how you tie it around a single tooth. Like, how does that not immediately yeah, fall off? That. How do you tie such a small, intricate little knot using such a, like, because fishing lines, you only I think, think the floss. thing you're forgetting is they're children, so they have small hands. 
There's no, but but does a child's hand have the dexterity to tie a very tiny knot around a specific? I don't know. I don't, I've I've never tried it. Ask, ask Nike. Ask Nike. Did they? Did Nike? What well, did they do? They're using child labor. Yeah, that Not is a political podcast. Jesus Christ, Cam, you're uh, you're you're o for two on this. Cam, give me uh, another headline, why don't you? Woman in China sends a hundred kilograms of onions to ex-boyfriend to make him cry. That's a lot of onions. Um, I also love the implied lapse of judgment of like they didn't know that like they like the thought to them like just being around onions makes you cry. Like it's, yeah. it has nothing to do with the chopping of them. It's like, or no, like the no, standing over top. Like it's just like just being in the vicinity of onions makes you cry. Or maybe that was the intention. Maybe these two met on an onion farm. Uh, maybe in their uh, in their in the bedroom. You know, and uh, people a lot of people use strawberries and chocolate, but maybe they used to sort of rub onions on each other, saute them. Uh, red onions, white onions. You could probably get a little kinky uh, with some. Something like that. That being said, though, nothing. Uh, yeah, onions make me cry. So I'm going to say that's a headline. That is a headline from China where a woman who was crying for three days after the breakup saw uh, her boyfriend was not that disgruntled by the relationship and sent a hundred kilograms of onions to the door stacked on the front with the note, I cried, now it's your turn. That's like what 250 pounds like that's huge. yeah and that's so why i question the article onions. honestly because i'm like that's a lot of onions like which delivery service is delivering 250 pounds of onions uh to one person that's not a restaurant like that just seems yeah. like a waste of onions yeah it's pretty dumb also after, not I, real. Think, I don't I know think it was I a headline think- i read it I think after crying for three days straight, uh, your body would be, like, so uh, depleted of all, like, moisture, and any salt that was in your body is just yeah, gone. Yeah, it's like when you get the flu and you just keep puking, then you're yeah, like, you're I got de- nothing left. You're, you're depleted, maybe, you know, a little lightheaded, you don't quite know what's going on, uh, you forget that you actually need to cut the onions in order to cry a little bit, uh, but there you ha- there you have it. It was uh, a headline. We as as far as we're concerned, is a headline. Uh, Cam, I got another one here for you. Um, woman accused of using her breasts to assault a man outside of a gas station. Oof, wow, there's been some big old titties slapping around back and forth. Tig olds, um, baby. Tig olds. Now. I question this because I don't know how much offense you can really amount without without the other person being very close to you. Uh, and if they're very close to you, I feel like maybe they're kind of get, getting in your face a little bit. So I'm going to call ass on this one. Cam, this is a headline here for you. Isn't it weird, though? It happened uh, somewhere around Atlanta, I guess, uh, a a town named Athens. Uh, What happened? So uh, this woman, 28-year-old, goes into a gas station to pay for the gas that she's uh, used, forgets her wallet, leaves, and then in that time, somebody else comes up to the uh, counter to pay. This woman is demanding that he step aside because she just stepped out to get her wallet. She may be in a hurry. Uh, he says, no, I'm just going to pay. She starts disagreeing with him, and there's, like, ends up being this, like, little 
kerfuffle between the two, and the two start getting physical, and eventually the pushing and shoving starts coming upside. Um... Uh, and when the employee makes his way outside, he reported that, uh, she was sitting on top of him, grabbing her breasts and smacking him across the face. Uh, wow. Yeah, that's pretty much it. So she that's was sitting on top of this guy. Eventually the, uh, the situation like goes aside. I don't think, you know, uh, no police officers were called or anything. The group leaves in a car. Um, later on, a few days later, the man, uh, did press charges and, uh, no update, no update on that, but, uh, he got beat up by some tits. So there you go. Incredible. Uh, this is the news we come here for. Mm-hmm. Next up, uh, local story, Toronto man says Canada Post just delivered package from eight years ago. Yeah, shit gets lost, man. Shit gets lost. I have, uh... Do you have a, I, do you, we all must have stuff of people that we forgot to give back, you know, and it's not that we forgot to give back, it's that we forgot we had it. You know, I'm sure there has to be certain crevices and corners of Canada Post or of FedEx that uh, a little package can just stuff behind, right? Picture like a little note, to, a little letter to Santa that fell between the cracks. Uh, you know, a young girl's wishes, Christmas time dreams, uh, just kind of lost. Um, you know, I bet Canada Post probably shipping a lot lately. You know, they have, uh, I've been purchasing a few things off of Amazon myself, you know, so everyone's, or maybe they have more time on their hands. Maybe they're redoing the infrastructure and ended up getting, they're getting rid of all the desks and adding standing desks or something. And under one of the desks, they found, uh, a little package. I'm more curious what was in the package. That's a headline. That is a headline and it was skincare cream. It was only a $5 package. So the guy originally ordered it to... Um, I think he was in a place in Montreal, and then when it got there, it got returned to Senate because it was the wrong person. Then he asked the company to change it up. They're like, yeah, no problem. And because it was only $5, he just really didn't think much of it. He's like, fuck it, it got lost in the mail. And after that, uh, eight years later, he found it in a package, and he's like, fantastic. So Canada Post always coming through just a little bit late. I mean, you got to think about that, right? If Amazon, you know, if, if if a package doesn't arrive at your house, Amazon or whoever it will, will probably refund you, resend the package. But it doesn't necessarily mean that the first package was not sent. It just never made it to the door. So a lot of there steps in between there, too. Uh, Cam, I have one more headline here for you. Are you ready for it? Yep. It's wrong to use two spaces between sentences, so says Microsoft Word. Hmm. It's wrong to use two spaces between sentences. So that's like, when I finish the sentence, if I'm typing it, I can't... I don't know, That's I think that's always the way that I've been taught to do it. But then again, my English skill is basically a second language, and I don't have a first. Um, so I don't know if that's the right way to do it. I've kind of been told that's the best way to do it, but I feel like that might be a, just a little bit of a preference thing. And maybe Microsoft Word is putting their hammer down. Uh, so I'm going to say it's a asinine. Asinine. 
That's a Hi-O, baby. I got a Hi-O for you. That's right. Microsoft has made its typographical, de typographical decree that two spaces between sentences is too many. And in the new edition of Microsoft Word, if you put two sentences, or sorry, two spaces between a sentence, it will be marked as an error. Apparently, this comes from years. Uh, the habit of using two spaces is actually something from the old typewriter days where uh, typists would put two spaces between sentences to more clearly define uh, this, the end of a sentence and the start of a new one. After, it, after that became the way that they would continue to teach typography, it did roll into when computers did come into effect. Of course, printing is something that's very clear, you know, rather than using your typewriter. And Microsoft has agreed that it's not difficult anymore to determine when one sentence ends and another sentence begins. Uh, so all you kids, you know, trying to write a five-page essay, I know the old, the old trick. You know, you put two spaces between the sentences. You make your period size 20 font and everything else size 12 or something. There's no more getting away with that. Uh, one... Space is the rule. Incredible. I, I feel bad for any person that ever has to write an essay again. Thank God yeah. I don't. Thank God I'll never write another essay. Then that should wrap it up. Uh, Kim Mitchell uh, coming in live in the studio. Hey, what's going on, man? Uh, yeah. Uh, Kim, yeah, could, um, you, could you take, take the cigarette out of your mouth? This is a non-smoking zone. Um, I guess we'll wrap it up here, Cam. Cam, Cam, we got to wrap it up. Thanks for listening again to the show. Of course, you can reach to us at 2 at gmail.com because we're everywhere. Like, rate, review, like, and subscribe. Subscribe. Um, uh, uh, give us five stars and a comment because it'd be fun to get some of those. Now, Cam, if you don't mind, I'm going to go for a soda. Oh, nice. And, folks, never forget the reason a sperm whale is called a sperm whale is because if you cut its head open, the oil inside looks like sperm. There you have it, folks. Take care. Continuing tonight on Two Seas in a Pod. 96.7 on your... Two C's in a pot, 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 two C's in a